Greetings from the Mountain Mama. My name is McKenna. And hey, it's Galen. And you're listening to Living Lore. This month, we're going to be discussing a more uncommon West Virginia legend. The Tommyknockers and other ghosts that haunt our local mines. If you're from West Virginia, you probably know or have known someone who works in the coal mining industry. Coal, and by association, coal mines are a big part of West Virginia history, so a general knowledge about the field isn't uncommon around these parts. But you might not be so familiar with the lore that surrounds mines and other sites of underground construction. Mining is an ancient profession, and with that comes century-old superstitions, including that of the Tommyknockers. So what are the Tommyknockers? And no, we're not talking about the Stephen King novel where residents of a main town fall under the influence of a mysterious object buried in the woods. That's next time. No, we're talking about something completely different. The Tommyknockers were first heard of in the United States when Cornish miners worked in the Western Pennsylvania coal mines in the 1820s. Some say they are impish, gnome-like men. About two feet tall, they are described as greenish in color with a big head, long arms, wrinkled face, and white whiskers. They are often seen wearing traditional miners' outfits. I'm just picturing a ton of goblins in tiny little mining uniforms. <laughs> just <run it> around. <laughs> that image is both adorable and terrifying. <laughs> These creatures are the equivalent of Irish leprechauns or English brownies. Mmm, yummy. No, not th- not those kind of brownies. <laughs> like fairies. Why did they say fairies? <laughs> the English call their they're like a type of fairy. I know. I'm hungry, okay? Oh my gosh. <sighs> my intelligence was overtaken by my hunger. <laughs> my appetite overcame me. <laughs> Yum. Yummy. Germans called them Bergmeister or Bergman. Bergmanlin. Why do you give me the most difficult words to pronounce? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I figured you'd do it better than me. I did try to look up how to pronounce the second word, but I literally couldn't find anything on it. And unfortunately, I don't speak German. That would be cool to learn. Adding German to the list of languages we need to learn. Anyways, those phrases refer to Tommyknockers as mountain ghosts or little miners. Which is appropriate because others have described Tommyknockers as the ghost of dead workers knocking on the mine walls as a warning of tragedy or dangers to the living. The name knockers comes from the supposed knocking on the mine walls that often happens just before cave-ins. Some thought that these sounds of hammering were malevolent, a sign of certain death or injury. Others saw the knocking as a well-meaning warning, letting the miners know that life-threatening collapse was imminent. It was also believed that the knocking sounds could be a sign of good luck or a sign that would lead them to a rich ore body. Kind of like playing hot and cold. The closer you get to the good areas of the mine, the more knocking you hear. Exactly. These accounts seem to be pretty conflicting. Does knocking mean death or good fortune? Well, these creatures, ghosts, whatever you want to call them, have been known to commit both good and bad deeds. Throughout the centuries, there have been accounts of them playing practical jokes, stealing unattended tools and food, committing random acts of mischief, as well as knocking to warn of impending cave-ins. This knocking noise could actually just be caused by the creaking of earth and timbers in the mine that often happens just before a collapse. Or it's a warning. Yes. A warning from the mine that's groaning because it's about to collapse. 
<laughs> I choose to believe little green men are ringing the metaphorical alarm bell. You do that. <laughs> West Virginia legend tends to depict Tommyknockers as the ghost of men rather than mischievous creatures. In fact, there's a tunnel along the West Virginia North Bend rails to trails near Salem where Tommyknockers have been heard. In 1927, a reporter from the Sandusky Star Journal wrote about a man who heard voices coming from the tunnel. He followed the sounds to one of the indentations in the tunnel, a manhole so those walking within could escape a train coming down the tracks. He expected someone to be inside, but when he lit a match to peer within, no one was there. First off, if you heard creepy voices coming from a tunnel, would you follow them? What kind of voices? Like, how creepy are they? <laughs> Let me rephrase that. If you heard voices coming from a creepy tunnel, would you follow it? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Hard pass. <laughs> Definite no. <laughs> we'll follow creepy voices. We'll not go into creepy tunnel. Got it. Yep. <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> this account is just one of the many that have been told throughout the years. There have been tales of strange voices, chatter, and sobbing coming from this specific tunnel, known as both Flinderation Tunnel and Brandy Gap Tunnel number two. They also heard, you guessed it, the knock, 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 of the spirited little Tommyknockers. I decided to help you out there. I hope you... I hate... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> liberty. I was really trying to set the mood. <laughs> Even as the railway was being worked on from 1852 to 1857, workers of the Northwestern Virginia Railroad Building for the B&O reported strange lights inside the tunnel. Also, this tunnel just so happens to be located underneath the graveyard. What? Enon Baptist Church Cemetery, but supposedly the cemetery above isn't haunted. It's what's below that is truly terrifying. Why did you have to say it like that? Man, I really want to go to this tunnel. Yes, I'd love to spend my day off in a dark tunnel where I could possibly get jump scared by a disembodied voice sobbing or chattering. Honestly, it sounds like a great time to me. This weekend, maybe? <sighs> okay, fine. <laughs> in all seriousness, you can actually visit this tunnel. It's along the West Virginia rails to trails, but if you hear anything knocking, maybe come back another time. And Saturdays may not be the best time to visit because according to lore about Tommyknockers, they actually take Saturdays off. Naturally. Everyone needs to take a break every once in a while. And I can't attest to coal miners now, but in this time period, they were looked at as fairly superstitious people. While Tommyknockers can sometimes be seen as pesky, they also warned miners and tunnel workers of falling rocks with their signature rap on the walls. So I'm guessing there were a fair amount of problems involved with digging so close to a cemetery? Oh, definitely. Honestly, I'm not superstitious. And I'd have a problem digging underneath a graveyard. That's just icky. Right? It doesn't feel right. And Saturdays were the worst for workers, because they didn't have anything to warn them about the potential cave-ins. I love how they're like, okay, they're real. They're just gonna let me know if something bad happens. Like, we're totally just gonna put our lives into the hands of these fictional fully, little creatures. Fully relying on that. <clears throat> I mean, like, they didn't really have any other system not knowing, at that time. Not knowing if these things are good or bad. Yeah. I think they're more chaotic evil. Yeah, they're, they're dead. Neutral. I would go with chaotic neutral. I would go, yeah. Leaning towards evil. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they relied really heavily on these guys, which makes it really interesting that on one Saturday, January 15th, 1853 to be exact, when there were no Tommy Knockers on duty to give workers a heads up, there was a rockfall. I'll blame it on the little... Blame it on the creatures. <laughs> it's all their fault. The Cooper's Clarksburg Register wrote this about the tragedy. Killed. A man named Hanley was killed at the Brandy Gap Tunnel on last Saturday by a quantity of earth falling on him. He was taken to Fairmont on Monday for internment. Two other men were seriously injured. I like the way that man wrote that. Killed. Killed. By quantity of earth. 
Hmm, that's very poetic. You could have just said Tommy Knockers killed him. Tommy Knocker kills minor. <laughs> <laughs> that would have started an uprising. <laughs> Some say the voice coming from the tunnel belongs to the ghost of this man, Hanley. His fellow workers were said to hear his ghostly chatter and other sounds long after he died. Hanley wasn't the only ghost that was said to live in the mining tunnels. In fact, mines, especially those here in West Virginia, have a track record for housing ghosts, ghouls, and apparitions. Don't those all mean the same thing? Yes, but I was really trying to drive it home. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, several people actually wrote about their experiences with these supposed mine ghosts. One Mr. Conley wrote that, because of the darkness in the mines, many are said to be haunted. Light reflection causes ghosts of white mules which have been killed in the mines. A man who dies in a slate fall may return for his tools which he had hidden. <laughs> I just got cheese. In 1936, the Bluefield Telegraph did a story about an incident that had taken place 30 years prior in the Pocahontas minefield. In this account, the spirit of a man killed in a mine explosion came to a mine foreman to tell him that they had buried the wrong body under his name. The spirit directed the foreman to a spot far from the drift mouth where, by a little digging, you will find my body. Get it out and bury it in a cemetery. The only name mentioned was Dan Frazier, a well-known mining executive who could no doubt shed some further light on this highly interesting narrative. These are just a few of many, many stories that exist about mine-related ghosts. Another good one, if you are bored and looking for something to research later, is the tale of Big John, the Russian ghost who haunts the coal mine in Granttown, West Virginia. That's a good read. Russian ghost. Big John. Big John. It's actually very interesting. I actually want to kind of look that yeah. up. <laughs> like I said, it is literally a good read. Huh. It, you will enjoy. <laughs> Big John's dead. Oh, but no. <laughs> it didn't end well for Big John, but it, it does make for, for an interesting story. Yeah. Poor Big John. So, again, I sadly do not have any conspiracy theories about Tommyknockers. Understandable, considering they're more lore-based. But I do have a children's rhyme about Tommyknockers that I found very interesting. A children's rhyme? That actually sounds kind of nice. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. Wow, I really don't like the face you made when I agreed to this. I take it back. It's too late. No, I take it back. It's too late! <laughs> late last night and the night before, Tommy knockers, Tommy knockers, knocking at the door. I want to go out. Don't know if I can, because I'm so afraid of the Tommy knocker man. That was absolutely terrifying. It's a children's rhyme. A children's rhyme? A terrifying rhyme for children. What child would listen to that? It's Time fine. To go to bed, little Janet. <laughs> let me let me sing you a nice song. Speaking of telling stories to kids for bedtime, <laughs> it's time for story time. <sighs> what 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 do you have to read for us today, Galen? Once again, this excerpt comes from A Guide to Haunted West Virginia by Walter Govinda and Michael T. Shoemaker. So while I was looking for this week's story, I really wanted something interesting. And I think I might have found it. Oh? Yes. This is called the Parkersburg Aerial Apparition. Are they going to perform aerial feats like Cirque du Soleil? <laughs> you will find out. Oh. And no more with the Cirque du Soleil. I told you last time we were done with that. I'm still waiting for my callback. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to be waiting for a long time. It's fine. I'll wait forever. Don't I have your, to. Don't hold your breath. Maybe I'll be a ghost apparition. Ooh, now that aerial would be interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> be, I, would, I would watch that. I would support you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. No, it takes uh, death I, for you to support I would support you anyway, I'm just saying. I think you have better chances of getting in as a ghost than as a human. Oh. 
I say okay. that in the most loving way. My afterlife will be very active. Okay. Okay. I'm ready for my story. Many strange things are seen in the skies of the Ohio River Valley from time to time. But nothing quite so strange as this. It was a cloudless July evening. Uh-oh. Oh, oh no, it's July! It's July now! <laughs> it was a cloudless July evening in 1878. A local farmer was working in one of his fields with several other men. About 7 o'clock, he looked up from his labors and saw a white, opaque cloud in the shape of a horse about half a mile to the west. Okay. The cloud had a clearly defined horse's head, neck, legs, and tails. That happens sometimes. I've seen many a, an image in yeah. the clouds. Yeah, they could be anything. That's that's what the clouds do. They they shift, they form, they make pretty pictures in the sky. Horse! It's just a horse. <laughs> it appeared to be swimming through the sky while moving its head from side to side. Okay, well, clouds don't usually do <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's floating. Further, the horse seemed to be heading up at a 45 degree angle. Why he like clocked what <laughs> angle this horse? Someone gets me my oh compass. My gosh. Oh my gosh, there's a horse in the sky. I gotta see what angle it's going up at. I think he was just really done for the day. Like he just did not. He might have had heat stroke. It was July. That's true. If he'd been out there all day. <laughs> this man was having a fever dream. He's hallucinating. The farmer shook his head and rubbed his eyes in disbelief. But after all that, the horse was still swimming across the sky. He called to the nearby field hands and asked them to tell them what they saw. They unanimously stated that they saw a white horse swimming in the sky. Mass hysteria. Yeah, they all have heat stroke. They all have heat stroke. It, it happens. Maybe they drank the Kool-Aid. <gasps> <laughs> Not the Kool-Aid! <laughs> I drank Kool-Aid and now I see this white horse. It is it is ascending at 45 degrees. <laughs> this is serious. The apparition frightened the farmhands so much that they hurriedly left the field. I think they were just wanting to get out of the work. <laughs> Their boss was like, oh, do you see that freaking horse like, oh, in the sky? And they were yes, like, I see the horse. It's Let's 7 o'clock at night and like I want to go home and eat dinner with my family yeah sure there's a there's a horse oh i'm so scared i must go i'm fleeing in terror they were hungry our intrepid observer made of sterner stuff sat down on a stump and watched the phantasm until it disappeared into space so just what was this west virginia version of pegasus <laughs> Which is, what? that's not true because it would have had to have wings. And this account is made out of clouds. A mirage, a hallucination, or optical illusion. A weird cloud formation turned into a horse by a superstitious farmer and his equally superstitious hired hands. Or was this story concocted by some shrewd farmer as a joke on the city slickers or even a reporter or editor looking for items to boost circulation? Excuse me? What? <laughs> As a member of the media, I, that, no, no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> to be fair. I'm offended. <laughs> you're an honest reporter. Some reporters are not. I just, I take a great offense <laughs> to that. It was a cloud. It could, I mean, it could have been a horse-shaped cloud. That's not. Yeah. It and it would disappear into space very because crisp. That's, that's what cloud. horses do. That's what horses do? Yeah. <laughs> they just whinny on up to <laughs> they just, they the just, moon. <laughs> 
They just disappeared in space. This was the age of liars clubs and tall tales. And what a laugh everyone would have when the story was picked up by the New York Times. Or was the cloud a real paranormal phenomenon? Was it actually what? picked up by the New York Times? I think it was just saying if it was. Oh. I was like, what? <laughs> was it some sort of portent or warning? The white horse is thought of as a death sign in West Virginia folklore. What? I did not know this. I didn't know that. That's very interesting. I'm gonna have to look that up. I've later. seen a lot of white horses. Should I be living in fear? Am I going to die? Well, you're no. not superstitious. True. I forgot that for a second. I'm fine. <laughs> you, wait a second. Wait. <laughs> I forgot that I... You forgot you weren't superstitious. I was too busy scared about the Oh my gosh. I think you might be a little superstitious. No, I'm not. I think a little bit. No. A little bit. I'm not. I just... I've seen a lot of white horses and I was just making sure that my bases were good. Yeah. <laughs> this may explain the hurried exit of the farmhands. And there are other stories of phantom white horses that don't simply swim over in a clear sky and disappear towards Mars. What? Specifically towards Specific Mars? Yeah. At a 45 degree angle? Precisely. Okay. In Revelations chapter 6 verses 2 and 8 we read, And behold a pale horse, and he that sat upon him, his name was Death. Oh my gosh. Of course earlier in Revelations, Christ is identified as riding a white horse, so maybe this is a good sign. And what color is a pale horse anyway? Didn't the Oh Hellos have a song called The Pale White Horse? They did. It's a good song. But now I want to see if it has anything to do with like, death. It probably does. <laughs> what did the farmer really see? Who can say for sure? It doesn't sound like one of the fabrications of the hoaxers and liars clubs. The source seems to be level-headed and didn't add a lot of window dressing to zap up the story in the way a hoaxer might have. He just said, I saw a pale white horse shaped out of clouds galloping through the sky <laughs> 45 degree angle it disappeared toward Mars <laughs> I just sat there and watched it and they said okay we believe you pretty much the rest of the story goes on to say that the authors can't make a judgment onto the validity of the story but they're just gonna report on it but it does say how to get to the farm this haunt is fairly easy to find just drive to any place around Parkersburg with a clear view of the sky and look up what? that's it? That's the end. You know, I had a family member that used to live in Parkersburg. Had I known, I would have just, just been face to the sky, looking for that horse. I think you see plenty of white horses on a daily basis anyways. You don't need to see a supernatural one. But I want to. No. And that concludes our story for today. Thank you for listening to Living Lore, a production of the Scenic Route, sponsored by Loop Press. If you like what you hear, please remember to like and share on Spotify or your favorite podcast provider. Or you can check out our Twitter or send us your own spooky story at livinglorewv and livinglorewv at gmail.com, respectively. Thank you for your support, and we'll see you next time when we discuss a chilling tale from Galen's hometown, the Flatwoods Monster. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> I'm your man. <laughs> I'm oh pumped. Let's take a field trip. Yeah, let's take a field trip. We can stay at my granny's house. <gasps> yes, your granny! She can make us baked goods as we go out on a journey to find the monster. Oh my gosh, let's go.